This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. We had a guest who was supposed to be joining us today for this episode, but we are actually snowed in. It started, Jesse, with us being iced in, and then the snow came. And So much prefer snow over ice. Yes. We were almost yesterday. We've been snowed in since Sunday. Today is Thursday evening or iced in. And so yesterday the sun had come out and it felt like the roads, they had the snow plow had come. And so it felt like we might be able to get out. So you were going to try to get a vehicle out and try to go to the store or something. (laughs) And right around the time when you were planning to leave. It started raining and that's not very good because the temperature has been down in the teens. So it was going to layer the ice with another layer of ice and then the snow that was forecast started falling and it would not have looked pretty and then there was more snow today so we have a thick blanket of snow and a fairly thick sheet of ice underneath that snow so we have not left our house in a vehicle Mm -hmm. since sunday so Our guest who is supposed to be here is not here. That was a long way of saying that. But we have a stand-in, and this guest is not second best, just a really great option and a Mm -hmm. surprise guest. Not second best, just a surprise guest. And 
Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, well, I feel like I'm a little bit of a disappointment, but that first guest, but... We didn't tell them who the first guest was. Oh, For all okay. they know, maybe they okay. wouldn't have liked that, that guest. Yeah. Well, I'm Catherine, eldest child of Crystal and Jesse. Very old child. Hey, I, I mean, I'm not that old. 16. 16. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. So we are going to ask Catherine some questions. Some of you who follow on Instagram story know that we were going to have a family episode and you submitted questions, but there were so many of the questions that were submitted that I thought would be really great specifically for Catherine because they were kind of for teens, older. And so Caitlin, who doesn't really enjoy being on the mic, said she would take care of Kirsten. And so we are going to just grill you, Catherine. Yay. We're going to start out with a little bit of a softball question. Oh, no. Just to know, Uh this is always the way it goes. Uh These questions are being sprung on you. You've not heard these questions before. I I did. I gave her a tiny little heads up. She she let me hear like a little bit of it. But very, very minor. Because if you have prepared, if you come very prepared with answers, I feel like it loses some of the spontaneity in the moment. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're going to, if she was going to teach a lesson or something or give a session, that's different. But when we're doing just kind of having around the table conversation. No, I think that's fun to it. You know, so, okay. So we have a softball question. Oh no. Okay. Start out with. This is obviously not one that you've been told about. Oh no. (laughs) That's the last one. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A.D. Smith wants to know, do you enjoy and think it's a great thing? Mm -hmm. I'm putting some words in her mouth that I do this whole Instagram story thing. Are you more like, oh, mom. And then she has that face palm (laughs) emoji. Uh, Well, it depends what my friends are seeing that day. Uh, they, some of them tend to watch your stories and follow you. And so I get to, um, hear all about what you posted at school. It's pretty funny sometimes what people say. A lot of times it's before you've seen it. I, I, yeah, I don't see them. And then they're like, oh, I saw this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Caitlin said earlier today, she said, mom, some of your stories, they're just, a little bit cringy. Yeah, yeah, some of them, yeah. I'd definitely say there's a few that I'm like, Mom, why'd you post that? But then others that I bust out laughing watching. It's always a good day if I actually make you laugh yeah. with my stories. Yeah. Okay, we're going to dive a little bit deeper. Oh, no. So this one is, what makes you feel most heard and understood? Oh, um, I'd say honesty from you guys. You guys do a good job of not ma- not forcing me to be honest. And I'm not saying that as in... We encourage you to lie. Yeah, I'm not saying that as in you encourage me to lie. I'm saying that you guys set an example for me by you being honest to me. And that helps me want to be honest to you guys. And so I think that opens good doors of communication between us. Yeah, I never really thought about that. That's not really something that we 
talk to you about a lot about being truthful or or being open or you just are. Yeah, and I appreciate that. It's kind of like what's been set up as an example for me, and so it encourages me to try my best to be honest with you guys. And so when we're honest with you mm-hmm. and set that example for you, then that makes you feel heard and understood. Yeah. And so I want to be that with you guys, if you understand what I mean. Okay. So I just have to ask if we flip that question around, we were speaking about honesty. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know, are there things, well, I know there are things, but what are the things that we do that cause you to feel like you aren't being heard and you aren't being understood? Well, if somebody else is having a bad day, like Caitlin or Silas, if they're struggling with something, if I get interrupted or you're trying to deal with them, then sometimes I feel a a little bit like I'm not heard, but you guys do a really good job of making sure everything's like well rounded, I guess. Everybody's well, side is heard. Mm-hmm. Well, you also do a good job communicating that you don't feel heard mm-hmm. by saying, I feel like you're not hearing me. You're not listening to me. Yeah. You're, I don't feel that I'm being heard. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that because I have the tendency to sometimes shut you down. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your being open. Yeah. And I think it is very easy as parents. It's kind of like you, it's like when you go into the ER and they have different levels of patients that need to be seen. Mm -hmm. I remember when I went in for asthma, it was like because of where I was at. This one was a little girl, but they put me like right to the top. I got in right away because asthma is something they don't mess around with. Yeah. I was really having trouble breathing. And so I feel like it's the same with your kids where it's like one is, you know, you feel like they're in this really emergency situation that's going down. It can feel like that as parents. And then you aren't seeing all the other things because you're so focused on that one child. And I appreciate that you usually do a good job of while it's hard for you because your tendency I think would be to kind of just be like, okay, well forget it. They don't care about me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying that in a bad way, but it's just like you could kind of self-talk and say that, but mm-hmm. you've learned to not pull away, yeah. but instead to kind of use your voice and say, I feel like I'm not being heard right now yeah. and this is important and I need to talk to you about this or whatever. Yeah, it's a good way to talk to you guys is to just be straightforward and tell you guys what's wrong and how I feel. And then you guys don't act as if it's a burden to you to have multiple things going on at once. And so I really appreciate that. This is a great question. I think her name is Abigail. It's DNA boring, but I think her name is Abigail boring. Um, what is some advice that you would give to a child, or I guess it would be a teen, who was two to three years younger than you? I think I would tell them to create a good relationship with their parents early on. Um, it helps a lot during high school whenever you have those high school teenage moments and you are struggling with the friendship or 
you may see one of your friends make a bad decision and you don't know what to do, it's always good to have a to start a good relationship with your parents very early because then that means that they can lead you through situations, not exactly like baby you through them, but just be there to assist you if needed. Would you say has been most helpful to you in developing that relationship? Well, I think early on, you guys did a good job of being honest with me and like goes back around to honesty. You were the ones to initiate that. You set an example for me by being honest to me and helping me and guiding me. And then I felt comfortable coming to you guys. It was kind of, I didn't really necessarily initiate it, but later on I felt more comfortable. And I think that that's a really good way to build a relationship and to maintain a relationship. So are there things that you feel like specifically we did when you were younger? You talked about honesty. Is there anything else that comes to mind that kind of helped? I'm thinking of the parents who are listening, who maybe they have an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old who they really want to have a good relationship with them when they're 16. Ooh, um, so whenever I ask you guys, like, may I do this, may I do that, you normally tend, you, you tend to not just say no if you don't want me to you give a reason and I think that's really important then the kid can understand more how you're feeling and so if you communicate how you're feeling then they can understand more and then they can feel more comfortable with how they're feeling and comfortable explaining to you how you're feeling I think that's a great way to start building trust and honesty. So it's not just that a parent is saying, no, you can't do that Mm -hmm. and making the child feel shut down or like, again, that heard and understood. Yeah. Like the parent is just thinking, not thinking of the child, but they're just kind of thinking of themselves and making an easy decision of like, well, it'd be easier for me. Yeah. Cause the kids have, the kids have important feelings that need to be heard too. And so not just shutting them down, but hearing them out and then also explaining your side and explaining both sides is really good. You know, we've talked about here a good relationship that you have with us. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and I really appreciate how much you put into that relationship because mm-hmm. a lot of it is you and your attitude. Um, but you also have some people uh, in your life that don't have good relationships with their yeah. parents. And have you been able to see what kind of led to that breakdown and realize, okay, what can I do to make sure that doesn't happen? Honestly, I feel like a lot of it is the parents giving up or just having that mindset that oh just a teenager they'll get over this or oh they're just in a phase or something kind of like that and so 
the generalization is that you can't really talk to teenagers. The parents and the teenagers are not supposed to have a good relationship. And I think that that is a relationship that doesn't have to be broken. And it's just a people assume that. And I don't think that should be an assumption that people make. I think that people should, parents should make an effort to try to get to know their kids more. And sometimes the kids won't reciprocate and they'll just. But but it's, it's something that needs to be worked on from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, I think a lot of parents, so you're saying the thing of like, they have kind of, pre-decided that they're not going to have this good relationship with their teens because all around you hear constantly, oh, oh, I have four teenagers. Feel sorry for me. That's kind of the, you know, there's this this sort of, it's almost like the terrible twos. Like you just put that blanket statement on like teenagers are going to be this really difficult, (laughs) hard Some say the teenagers eat the terrible twos. It is. uh, It is a really difficult age because it's kind of, it's the age where, kids are deciding more for themselves and that can be hard for the parents. But I think that that's the age where they they really, really should be focused on reaching out instead of backing off. I can think of parents who are listening, who are saying, but you don't understand. Like my Mm -hmm. teenager doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And I'm sure there are definitely those situations, but do you feel like even in some situations that you know where it seems mm-hmm. like that's the case, do you feel like in your conversations with these mm-hmm. teens deep down, they actually do wish they had a better relationship with their parents? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, I mean, there's always exceptions, but I feel like most kids, they want to have a good relationship with their family. It's just that they feel, they also may feel pressured by other teenagers to not because it may be like the uncool thing to do. But I think it's always a good thing to try to reach out and try to heal a relationship. It may not end up working out, but the most you can do, like, you can at least try. And so what would that look like for a parent who they feel like, my teen doesn't want to have anything to do with me and they're just at odds with one another? What, what advice would you give to that parent of a way to reach out to their teen without just causing the teen to mm-hmm. almost be yeah. like, what's going on? This is weird. And, and pull back even more, get frustrated because it's so different than how it usually is. Yeah. I think that joking around is a good lighthearted way to maybe spark a conversation or to help your teenager feel heard. Ask them questions. How their day is going is a simple question that can at least make them feel heard, like if they had a hard day or something. Um, And maybe not asking it in a way that they're trying to pry and get them to... Yeah, yeah, not prying. um, Or trying to solve situations. Yeah, not solving it for them necessarily, but just helping them along Mm -hmm. that's good okay someone would like to know about social media and i know that Mm -hmm. you have kind of set up some of your own social media rules because that's something or not rules i don't like that word more parameters Mm -hmm. we've kind of slowly 
just more and more allowed you to make those decisions for yourself. Do you have advice for parents who are struggling with what they should do when it comes to social media for their kids? I think that setting up like very harsh boundaries, unless something happened to make those harsh boundaries, if your kid hasn't really done anything to gain those rules, I think that walking alongside them and maybe monitoring stuff would be good just to keep them away from certain sides of social media. But at a certain age, let them do it on their own and make their own choices because eventually they'll have to make their own choices. But before that, helping them understand the goods and bads of social media and what to stay away from and also learning alongside them is a great way to assist the child to make good decisions. Because I feel like there's a lot of parents who, it's like you either go one way or the other. You're like, you just say, well, we're just not going to have any social media Mm -hmm. in our house, which I think in this day and age is really hard for a teenager to be completely shut off from social media because that's where a lot of, interaction happens yeah that's that's one of uh, a big way to start a fight with your kid or like to it causes a lot of resentment resentment towards the parents yeah that's a good word kids often complain outside of school about their parents and i think that that's something that they complain about um rules and boundaries but if you're helping them with it help like Going alongside them rather than just shutting it down is a really good way to actually build a relationship instead of just putting up a wall and not even not giving reasoning. From your experience, does that putting up that wall or having those boundaries lead to the kid wanting to hide things from the parents? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They want to make the decision by themselves if they have that blocked off they'll want to do that if they don't have access like it's almost one of those things that yeah if if it's hidden it makes it more exactly desirable exactly like for me social media you you didn't let me have social media until you guys trusted me and then from there you watched my account like you made sure that I wasn't like, doing anything bad. And then once you were like, okay, we trust you even more than you kind of let me do a little bit more of my own thing. And we still monitor it. We still make sure that yeah. you're not doing things that we don't want you to do, but we've given you more rope. Yeah. You've given me more leniency and you trust me more. And I've proven I've given you guys a reason for you to trust me. And I think that that has made our relationship stronger. And you guys have told me the dangers of social media. And that's why I stay away from things. It seems to me you're going in with eyes wide open. Yeah. It, you know, it's not, it's not a, an, you're not going in out of ignorance. You, you know, yeah. 
the dangers that are possibly out there. Yeah. And you're wisely staying away from them. Yeah. I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about giving your child a reason why. Mm -hmm. And I see so many parents that are saying, no, we will not have any social media in our house. And I think a lot of that can be stemming from their own fear. What's this going to introduce? How is this going to impact our child? You know, what if this, and you played out to the worst case scenario, which I think we need to be wise. We need to be careful. We need to be thoughtful. In our last episode, we talked about our children. We want to give them opportunities to stand alone. And I think for me, that's a really important thing. It's like once they have proven that they can stand alone in situations, then that builds trust. And to think of eventually you're not going to have any control over what your child is doing on social media. And so if you give them no opportunities to kind of learn how to text people, you know, that's our first thing of like having a phone is a privilege, not a right. And so learning how to text people and we own the phone. We've talked about this in previous episodes where we can see anything on that phone at any time. And kind of like, that's the first step of learning how to text. But then I feel like social media is the next step. And so talking about what are those parameters, what are those boundaries and knowing your child and knowing what they are, you know, their maturity level and can they stand alone? Have they stood alone in situations? Are they desperately needing social media for something that it's for their own affirmation. Mm -hmm. Because I think for a lot of kids, it could be really detrimental just having Instagram and putting it out there and finding their worth and affirmation and identity or the opposite in likes or not, not getting the likes. And Mm -hmm. so I think that can be a really dangerous thing. So I think being aware of that as parents is really important, but I think having those conversations instead of just being like, no, absolutely not. We will not have social media at our house and doing that out of this attempt to kind of like I talk about in love centered parenting, bubble wrap your child or parent out of fear instead of what would it look like to slowly give them a little bit more trust and opportunity to continue to build trust. And you can always pull that away. If, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Catherine, there's times when you've spent you been on your phone too much or we've found you, you know, on your phone late at night or, so, you know, things like that. And so it's like, oh, okay, we got to pull some things back because you need some help with that discipline and self-control. And so um, I think it is important though for parents to realize that they can really set up a big wall in between them and their child if you just say, no, absolutely not. We are not going to have social media at our house. And you never talk about it. You never explain why. You never say, you know, well, this is something that we want to be able to move toward, but these things need to happen first. And this kind of trust needs to be built. And we want you to show that you're capable of this because it's also just the the self-discipline thing of having this phone and this access to all these people and will you be able to focus on your schoolwork and, you know, your other responsibilities and are you wanting to just be on your phone instead of have face-to-face relationships? And there's so many things. And so I don't think there's this one size fits all plan, but I do think it's can be very detrimental if you just, like you were talking about, Catherine, just say, nope, we're just not going to do this. And you don't, talk about it and have it be 
a conversation with your kids that they're involved in and that they fully understand your heart and kind of that you want them to be able to move toward having their own personal self-discipline and, you know, take ownership of things so that they can make wise choices. And I think it's key. What you're talking about is a conversation. A conversation is a two-way street. It's not dictatorial. It's not a monologue. It's not the parent saying, well, this is, this is what we're going to do and why you're having a conversation of, of hearing the input from your child. That's very important because that builds further trust if they feel hurt. Well, I think Catherine, if we were just constantly being like, this is what you're going to do, you know, especially when you're 16 years old, Mm -hmm. we're just micromanaging your life. We're not teaching you to take personal responsibility for one, Mm -hmm. but we're also kind of communicating to you. We don't trust you at all. Yeah. And I think that that builds walls. Oh yeah. In relationships as well. Okay, we're going to end it with another easy softball question. Um, And that is, how has it been learning how to drive? Uh, It's been, it was scary at first. I I was excited, but it was also scary because driving what dad calls a weapon around. (laughs) The first thing he said was like, you realize I didn't, I didn't hear about this conversation, so yeah, it's important. So we were in the parking lot, and he was explaining all the bells and whistles of the car. I knew a lot of them. I was just quietly letting him explain it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reinforcing. Yeah, and he said the first thing he said was, "You are driving a massive weapon, deadly weapon, deadly weapon." Sorry, and so. I've approached driving ever since, knowing that I'm driving a deadly weapon. Yep. Well, I think it's important to for you to realize yeah. this is a huge responsibility. Yeah. And anytime you get behind the wheel of a car, you bear that the responsibility of any outcome that may come from you operating the vehicle. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun with you teaching me. I, I've enjoyed it. You... Well, the times whenever you're not, <laughs> you're not pumping your fake brake pedal over there. Yeah, we might need to replace the carpet. Is it weird being in the passenger seat? You're always in the driver's seat. It is, is very it weird? weird. Yeah, it is weird. But I've started working while you're doing things. Yeah, that's a while, big while step. That's I, a big I step. I realized that the other day. He was, al- he was always, he had to be off his phone, off anything that distracted him because he was also driving. It wasn't just <laughs> me. It was him too. No, the question is, you know, like when he watches a sports game and he like moves his Oh, body, yeah, yeah. He does like, that. So like, he so like whenever, jerks whenever, whenever I you're like, supposed to turn, he's yeah. he like turning his body too, oh, to like yes. help the car turn the right way. He does. <laughs> and but it's it's gotten so much more fun. Yeah, like I brought at, my computer last time. At first, yeah, he trusted me enough to bring his computer and to do work. That's a big deal. That's mm-hmm. a big deal. But recently, I've gotten so much more comfortable behind the wheel. And it's actually been a lot of fun driving. And, I mean, you trust, Mom, you are always usually in the passenger seat. So you kind of you kind of like me driving you places. So you don't really have to. I don't enjoy driving. Someone asked me on a podcast interview 
couple days ago, they said, would you rather drive or be the passenger? And I was like, absolutely drive. It said driving is not, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely be the passenger. I said, my husband says driving is not one of my core competencies. So I'm actually really excited. You're doing a whole lot better than you used to though. Yeah. You've improved a lot. You've done amazing. I am more confident on the roads, especially the very busy Nashville highways. Those are not my favorite places to be driving, but I've been making myself do a lot more driving like that. But I'm very excited, Catherine, that you enjoy driving and that you are happy Mm -hmm. to be the driver. And I'm happy to be the passenger, (laughs) especially now that dad... Dad had some lessons with you. I didn't have the first few lessons. I, I think he did probably, what, 15 lessons before I got in the car with you? Less than that. Less than that. He did, He only did, like, five? Yeah. I don't think it was very many. It was not very many. Okay, you guys didn't tell me about that. I thought you'd had a lot more practice. <laughs> Oops. That tells you how good she's doing, though. Yes, she's doing well. Yeah, some of my friends are pretty reckless. I will not drive with them. No, I'm not riding with them. I do not. No, that's good because there's a lot of stuff that happens with teens and driving, especially I was thinking of you approaching it as this is your responsibility that you're driving around this weapon of, you know, I was just thinking it's the same thing. Like when we're talking about phones or something to recognize the responsibility, Mm -hmm. the weight of that responsibility, I think is very important and how just like with the phone and things, you can do a lot of damage, maybe not physically but emotionally mm-hmm. and in relationships and if you get into a really bad situation mm-hmm. a lot of damage can be done through a phone and same thing like through a vehicle and just recognizing that i think is really important so thank you Catherine, for joining us being our stand-in surprise guest mm-hmm. my pleasure you don't even work at chick-fil-a <laughs> <I know>. I... <laughs> yep uh we've enjoyed having you here on the podcast, as always, we enjoy having you in our home. Oh, I'm so glad. That's and that's good to hear after good. 16 years. <laughs> we want to keep you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So we're very thankful for you and we're very proud of you. And um, thanks for coming on. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer in a future episode or you just have feedback or suggestions or you'd love for us to change something or do something different. We love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.